Happy birthday! We're talking Frosty the Snowman. Hit it. It was the 1980s. Kenner launched its mask toy line. Michael Jackson starred in Moonwalker. Microsoft created an operating system for IBM computers. And a magic hat brought a snowman to life. I'm your host, Jerry D, with another episode of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, we got it covered. Now joining me are two Totally Rad Christmas all-stars. You'll know the first as the host of the Tubular Advent Calendar House. It's Mike Westfall. Mike, how's it going? Great. Sorry I'm late. I got a ride from Santa and he just left me on the roof. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he tends to do that, I noticed. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Oh, man. Our next guest is the host of the Bodacious TGI podcast. It's Matt Urich. Matt, what's happening? Happy birthday. (laughs) Jerry, Mike, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited, very excited to talk about this special. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is one of my all time favorites. It's not Christmas if I don't watch this. Yeah. No, this is absolutely in uh, my regular rotation. This is on uh, one of my DVDs that my mom burned of our old VHS tapes. This was oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Watch. I was going to say, it's the same for me. It's This is a have to watch it every year. It was on a VHS for us growing up. It was my comfort movie. Yeah. It was if I was sick, if it was the middle of summer, it didn't matter. <laughs> I wanted to watch this movie. I love it so much. And it's to, I was so like, I usually hold off to watch this one uh, until December here in my adult ages. Uh, but I was super excited to watch it today to refresh my memory. And it was just as good as I remember. Still holds up. Yep. Still holds up. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. This is one, uh, while we didn't have it recorded because um, we had a beta VCR for a long time and we just didn't really know how to record on it <laughs> for the <laughs> longest time. We're not very tech savvy no, family. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, funny thing about the Betamax, we still, my dad still has it and we still have like a, a video just full of 80s like videos recorded off MTV. Oh, wow. So we, after we finally figured out how to like record on, then we were able to actually uh, record some videos from MTV. But <laughs> nice. so we don't, we don't have this one recorded. Um, so growing up, it was just like whenever it was on, I would, I, I would have to catch it. And so we would try to schedule things around it. It's like, no, we didn't have a CCD that night. We had, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had to watch Frosty. <laughs> yep. Yeah. This is just, it, it's, it's so comforting and it's a little bit, um, it's different from, you know, when you think Rankin Bass, most of the time you think the the Animagic, the stop motion puppets, you know, and or at least most people do. Mm-hmm. Um, very few think of the the actual animated cell style. You know, I think of Thundercats, of course, and The Hobbit and, and yeah. all that. But really, I mean, this was kind of this was kind of like the big one for them as far as the, 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 you know, the animation in traditional cells style. Yeah, this was, uh, this was the second one they did traditionally animated. They did cooking on the hearth and you can see kind of the transition into what would become their traditional animated style. Right. Start in cricket of the hearth and get developed better here. And it grows even more when they do that show festival of family classics. And then you see it, like as a template in Twas the Night Before Christmas mm-hmm. and that going forward, like The Hobbit, you can see all the Definitely connections and you can see it all here kind of start to take its shape. 
Yes. Uh, so Cricket on the Hearth, it it was good, but it never it didn't really get the traction that this one did. No. Uh, part of it could be could be I think just because of the content. I mean, how many people have actually read Cricket on the Hearth and and know you know that it's like a, a Dickensian you know novella, mm-hmm. right? It, you know, whereas Frosty by this time everybody had heard the song. I mean, it was oh, sure. it was already really popular popularized by Gene Autry especially and. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, oh, Frosty the Snowman, okay. And then, yeah, the animation themselves, uh, I think it was done by what, um, Mushi Animation. It's just, it's a lot tighter than the Cricket was. It still has, like you said, that same style, that Paul Coker Jr. style, but it really um, just kind of started to gel here. And you're right, you can see, especially in uh, Twist the Night Before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, some of them have those like elongated noses and uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the bigger eyes and that we see again in, in some of the later specials. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, I, I actually got to meet Paul Coker, really cool guy. Oh. Yeah, it was about, uh, let's see, it was back in like 2018 or so, seven, 2017, 2018. And it was really cool. I just, he, I got to meet him and Rick Goldschmidt and we were just kind of talking nice. for a bit. I mean, he, he would just tell me that like, you know, he, he would get the script and usually they would kind of describe the characters fairly well. And then he would just draw, just draw a whole bunch of things. And then they would send it off to the animation studio, whoever it was going to be, whether it was traditional cell or whether it was, uh, you know, the, the stop uh, motion. And then they would just kind of interpret it. And because each one was done for a different actual studio, uh, you know, like ABC, uh, NBC, CBS, they kind of wanted their own original thing. And so a lot of what was done before was kind of scrapped usually, and they would kind of start over. So they would take his design and kind of just mold it into something new, which I thought was kind of fascinating because like you said, you can really see that through line. But it could just be that, you know, the different studios and, and going with those different, um, you know, companies to, to get it done really just kind of tightened it up until we get the final version, if you will, of Rankin Bass. That makes sense now that I hear that whole story. Yeah. Usually he said he was not really super involved. He would just kind of do his drawings. And then that was like, that was about it. He would just send it off and go nuts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, it's cool at least that he had sort of that freedom to to just that they weren't necessarily this is specifically how we want something that it was. This is kind of what we want and go with it. So I think that's that's pretty interesting. I've never really heard that before about how he was just given sort of free reign. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, and you don't really see that nowadays, especially, you know, you're talking movies. I mean, everything's got to be approved by the, you know, the director and the usually the the production artists will draw like hundreds of different designs for just one character before they finally you know decide on something but pretty much he just kind of did a few drawings and would send them off and and that was it <laughs> it's it's unbelievable to me because it's unheard of you know nowadays but at this point we're like fully solidified with Don Duga you know as like one of the, the continuity and production designers as well so it was Tony Peters for Rudolph and he kind of did a lot of their earlier stuff in the 50s and then you know some all the way to the mid 60s and then Don Duga and Paul Coker pretty much took over as as uh, the production design team so um you can really see that there was a, that continuity as well because uh, they did a, quite a few in a row that you get that sense of, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to say continuity again, but, you know, you get that sense of just that through line that was Paul Coker and Don Duga. Um, so I, again, that's, that's something that I think is really cool because, you know, it's, there's a few directors that like to use the same guys over and over again, uh, you know, like yeah. for Nolan and Willie Fister and all those, but I mean, most of the time it's, uh, you know, it's just, okay, I'm going to hire this guy and I'll, you know, I'll hire this one for this project. And, so I like it when uh, when they're loyal to their their base, I suppose. They do. And, and well, we know that Rankin Bass is very loyal, especially to their acting base, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, the, uh, Arthur Rankin famously said that uh, Paul Freeze was his good luck charm. And so he put him, <laughs> he put him in everything. <laughs> sure in fact, I think Paul Freeze is Santa in this one, isn't he? He is. He is. This is yeah. my favorite Rankin Bass Santa as far as voice goes. Like, oh, nice. I like his voice better yeah. than Mickey Rooney. I like it better than Stan Francis. If you so much as lay a finger on the brim, I'll never bring you another Christmas present as long as you live. Nice. I don't know. It just sounds more like Santa to me. Like what you imagine Santa to be? Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. I'm with Mike on that, too. I have that written down in my notes. That oh, good. 
this is not only is this like my Santa voice, this was my Santa, even as a kid, knowing yeah. this was a cartoon, this was what I thought Santa was, was this guy in this, yeah. that voice, that is Santa to me. And so I hear whenever I hear Paul Freeze's voice, which a lot of things he does sounds very similar. <laughs> I hear Santa Claus always. And that's like I'm so glad that that Mike's on the same on the same uh, spot with me on that because I feel the exact same way. That is my Santa voice. That's what he sounds like in my head to this day. Is that voice, and it's just it's perfect to me. I'm gonna remember that next time I ride the haunted mansion and just laugh and laugh. <laughs> just think of Santa Claus. <laughs> I'm gonna think of Santa. <laughs> as long as you don't think of the version from Twist the Night Before Christmas, uh, you're okay. I I hate that version. I, I mean, I don't hate he it. He looks it's like just, a Hobbit. He does. He does. He does. Yeah. That's like where a... they get that. <laughs> he really does. Because I saw that Hobbit be right around the same time. I don't want to say here. before, but right yeah. around the same time because the Disney Channel aired both of them. Yes, right they around did. the same time. Yep. I remember that very well because uh, I, I was the same way. I saw, of course, The Hobbit before I read the book, but the same thing. It was like I saw right around that time that I saw Twas the Night Before Christmas, yep. which, by the way, I do really love, and I was devastated when they stopped playing it You know, every year. But yes, I mean, as far as design goes, that Santa design is... No thanks. I'll take I'll take this <laughs> frosty design any day of the week. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but actually, Paul Freeze voiced Santa in quite a few other things. So he was the voice of Santa in Here Comes Peter Cottontail. He was the voice of Santa yeah. in uh, the Easter Bunnies. The no, not Easter that one. Yeah, um, uh, the, the first Easter Rabbit. That one. And I want to say there was another one. Pinocchio. As well. Pinocchio's that's Christmas. the one. He has maybe yes. one line. Yeah, but it's in there. And that's the one. Freeze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so I. You're right. There is something about Paul Freeze's voice in general. I mean, uh, it, it is also kind of hard for me to separate uh, Kubla Kraus and Burgermeister Meisterberger from it. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, nobody's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But Frosty. So you guys grew up with it. We kind of already got into our memories and, and history about it. But what is it really about this particular special um, that really stands out to you? Like it, if you had to choose between like this one and Rudolph or or some of the other ones, what is it about this one that, that would stand out? I think personally for myself that, you know, outside of just the pure nostalgia and everything I have for it, I love the way this one looks. Yeah. And I think it took me a long time to realize this was the Rankin and Bass that I associate with Rudolph or uh, the year without a Santa Claus or something like that, because it is obviously different from a visual standpoint. Right. And it always stuck with me because it's, it's the song is so ubiquitous. It's something we all know. Right. It's short and sweet. They basically, I mean, they pound this thing out in 24 minutes, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so it holds my attention span where there are times in Rudolph and I love Rudolph that I'm like, I could do without this. I could do without this. <laughs> like this number, this number is a little too much or it's a little too long. I, I have and, no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and this one, it's like, we're going to get you in. We're going to get you out. Yeah. We're going to, they're going to hit me with the feels. They're going to give me the Santa. I love, they're going to take this story where they don't really have to bend it so much as we see with some of the other Rankin, right. uh, Rankin Bass uh, stuff that's revolved around a song. So that's that's why I think this one kind of just connects and hits with me so much. Nice. It sticks with story, and it's a nice, tight story. Mm -hmm. Everything I'm echoing everything that Matt said. What I like about this specifically as far as its visuals go is none of the characters have the solid black outline. They have a thicker outline around them, but it's always like a muted, like a gray or like mm -hmm. their legs are just a darker version of their skin color and frosty and hocus pocus who are both purely white characters have that gray outline. And it just ha gives everything more of a softer glow to it mm -hmm. than it would be if everybody just had that dark, thick black outline about them. Nice. And that's true. That's a good point. Uh, something that I hadn't really thought of, although I did notice uh, while watching it this time today that, uh, yeah, Santa's boots as well were like a, a, a reddish color. They were like a darker red. Yeah. Which, I mean, 
I don't think I, I've seen this a million times. I don't think I've ever noticed that before. And it kind of threw me off this time watching it. And it, it maybe it goes back to what you were saying about, you know, their legs being like a little bit darker color. Maybe it was just a, a way to, to, to save some time and not have to color everything in uh, exactly right. I don't know, but what I do know is that uh, it, it's kind of cool. It was, it was a nice little, a nice little difference to kind of set itself apart from everybody else. Santa usually has black boots, you know, or brown boots, but, but the red boots is something cool. I've never seen that, you know, and, um, but same thing with Santa. I, I always loved the design of the Santa. He felt like the Santa that you think about when you think of Santa in your mind, you know, it's, it's, it's like you imagine this one here. And, and so it was just, it, it for me as a kid this one always stood out again over grumpy santa from rudolph or uh you know or or just crazy amish beard santa from uh you know ginger santa from from uh, santa claus is coming to town and twice the night before christmas and so the, like it was perfect so whenever i would try to draw because i was i was you know an aspiring artist and so i would always try to draw santa to look like this particular version uh, I don't think I ever did very well, but I tried my best. So. <laughs> it's a good model. And again, like you look at Rudolph Santa. I love Rudolph. Rudolph is my favorite Rankin Bass special. Yeah. But the Santa in that is a character that like it, his model looks like all the other models in that special. So he's got the beady eyes mm-hmm. and he's a skinny Santa for most of it. Papa, you haven't touched a morsel. I'll have to take this suit in. Eat. I'm busy, Mama. It's almost Christmas. Whoever heard of a skinny Santa? Eat. Eat. Whereas this one <laughs> is your classic Santa, he's got the bald head, he's got the full beard with yeah. the mustache, he's got the more booming voice. You sit down on Santa's lap when you were a little kid, he's a grown adult, he's a wise old man, and this yeah. is that same aesthetic from him. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that ever bothered me about the special was uh, that Santa only had four reindeer. That's it. Hey, Yeah. <laughs> I never thought of that, but yeah, that's true. And it's funny because that's one of those things, especially as a kid, you would think we would all pinpoint, like yeah. we've been told our entire lives, it's not <laughs> just four. Right. So that is funny, though, too, uh, that I'd never really picked up on that. Well, he's also not going out on his route on his Christmas Eve run. I mean, it is Christmas Eve, but it could be like we're just seeing him do a side errand. He's on a side quest That's to stay true. across, across <laughs> the side, side quest. Yeah, he must be like, all right, you four, wait for me here or something. I'm just gonna do a quick trip over here. You'll get four save gold. Save this snowman <laughs> and uh drop this girl back at her house and then we can keep going. Ten ten rupees for that quest. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and you're right. But I did love how he kind of. I always thought this Santa felt a little more magical to me than the other the other ones. You know, especially Santa from Rudolph, who it doesn't really do much except kind of complain about the choir. And then the the Santa Claus is coming to town. Well, yeah, he could slide and go down chimneys and stuff. But this one actually, you know, he opened the door and he kind of commanded the the you know that that north wind or whatever it was to yeah. to bring mm-hmm. the christmas snow back and, and revive frosty i was like man this guy's magic that's cool well and i like i like too that this santa isn't just pure pushover but he's also not a jerk because i think santa in rudolph's a jerk <laughs> oh, and <laughs> whatever gave you and, that idea <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and and in this one he's still sweet but mm-hmm. he's also not very happy with professor Hinkle and he is very stern with him. And just maybe I will give you a gift. If you do this, you know, you write this, you know, how many times, (laughs) a hundred zillion times. (laughs) And then maybe just maybe. So I like that. He's not just, well, just give it back, give the hat back. And that's all that matters. And then it's that. So I like that. There's still, he still has like this, forcefulness over him but he's not like scary he's just right you you know that he's going to uh he's not just going to be a pushover and all this and I, I like that with my santa i don't like him being just like right well every kid no matter what you do you're gonna get uh you're gonna get presents like you gotta at least have a, a santa who's willing to enforce the rules a little bit <laughs> well and then you know he does his tone does kind of betray that he's gonna give him a gift he, mm-hmm. you know he will 
give him a gift as long as he tries. As long as he tries, yeah. <laughs> well, it's an impossible task. I I yeah. did the math for when I did the this was the first episode of my podcast. I remember I did, so yeah. I did the math of how long it would take you to write I am very sorry for what I did to Frosty a hundred million times, which is an actual number. And if you started on Christmas Eve in nineteen sixty nine, you would stop around New Year's in two thousand eight. So <laughs> That's a long time. That is a long time. Now, that should have been the follow-up sequel to this. <laughs> was Professor Hinkle, Hinkle finally... Hinkle, yes. yeah. Got like and, a he, arm. and he finally gets his gift. Well, his forearm is just massive. Like, he yeah. looks, pop, like he looks like Papa. Yeah. <laughs> that's just the, the sequel one. I wanted. That's the yeah. one, yeah. <laughs> it seems like that's setting him up to become a supervillain, though, you know? <laughs> Very true. Or maybe, you know, he does have brown hair and a mustache. Maybe he becomes Fisto and moves to Eternia. (laughs) (laughs) It should be quite a match. I only regret that it shall not be I who will represent the side of good. I don't know. I'm just saying. (laughs) But yeah, maybe not. But uh, I mean, we've already kind of got into it, but I guess we can just go ahead and dive right into this plot here. Let's do it. You're right. It's pretty straightforward. And I also kind of like that it gets right to the point. You know, when they try to build a lot of these around songs, there's a lot of filler they got to do to fill up an hour. So I think having it be a half hour special really was like to their advantage because <laughs> mm-hmm. there wasn't room for a lot of just weirdness. And and I love the Rankin Bass weirdness. Like that's just it's it's comic booky. It's stuff that I like to read. You know, it's world building. It's like, oh, wow, there's a whole island run by like a lion with wings that cares for toys. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, mean like, I don't know right. where he came up with that, you know, but this one, there's not a lot of that. It's like basically, you know, nutshell in it is the song. It's literally, they just, they build Santa or they build Frosty, put a hat on him. He comes to life and then he has to leave because it's getting hot. <laughs> so. Well, and even then you get all the way through the song and the special is only halfway done. <laughs> That's exactly it's right. It's a quick song. It, it is a quick yes, song. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Uh, yes, it is. Uh, I, we had to sing it. A buddy of mine, we, we always play at the Knights of Columbus. They have like a big fourth degree dinner or something. And so they always okay, ask yep. us to like come play Christmas carols because it's always happens around like the 16th, 17th of December. Sure. So we always go play. It, and usually that song's done in like a minute and a half, I think, you know, maybe two minutes <laughs> tops. It's like really short. So, yeah, there's still filler. But I guess because it wasn't as outlandish question mark. They, <laughs> they, uh, they didn't have no, was, so many yeah. crazy filler. <laughs> it's like, well, he had to hurry on his way. Where to the North pole. All right, let's get you there. And yeah. that's the second half of the plot. Yeah. 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 I mean, we got to see what happens, I guess. I suppose it all started with the snow. You see, it was a very special kind of snow. A snow to make the happy happy and the giddy even giddy. A snow to make a homecoming homier and natural enemies friends. Natural. For it was the first snow of the season. And as any child can tell you, there's a certain magic to the very first snow. Especially when it falls on the day before Christmas. For when the first snow is also a Christmas snow, well, something wonderful is bound to happen. But uh, I, so it essentially it starts out. It's like a Christmas Eve, which apparently was still a thing going to school on Christmas Eve in the 60s. Uh, as far as I recall, we were long out of school by that point. Like we usually had two, maybe three weeks of Christmas vacation. It just depended on what year it was. But usually it was about two weeks vacation. And so we were definitely way out of school by that that point. Growing up in New Jersey, the latest we would go is the 23rd. We would have a half day of school on the 23rd at the very latest. Oh, wow. But then we would have Christmas Eve off, and then we'd come back January 2nd or thereabouts. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, usually we had about a week before and a week after for two weeks. Yeah, that's what my kids have now. They have the week of Christmas and the week that uh, New Year's falls in, and then they come back Mm -hmm. the first week of January at some point. 
Yeah, yeah. And that was pretty much what we did growing up, too. Except every once in a while, I was like three weeks off, which was super cool. But uh, yeah, I know. But that was that was nice. I I was gonna say, I don't think I ever got that lucky. I think I was kind of the kind of the same as Mike, like, especially because I went to a Catholic school that started late so like we never mm. started school until after labor day oh wow. yeah, so yep yeah so they would like compact us to where it was like well we're gonna give you like eight days off like like it was kind of just it was like the same it was like we'll be back on january 2nd i i think there were times i probably got out, out on the 23rd but somewhere usually in that range so once i got to high school in a public school it was like there we go. Like I get my two weeks. Like this is great. I'm not used <laughs> <Yeah>. to this. <laughs> Whereas here it's like, well, we didn't get hit by any hurricane. So see a Martin Luther King weekend. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or in college too, you know, where, where you'd get like a whole month oh, yeah. off basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'd have like five weeks off. That was yep. the best. Yeah. It was, was like second, cool. you go home second week of December and you don't go back until Martin Luther King day, like the next day. <laughs> That's right. That yeah. was awesome. Our college did like a very, quick mini intercession semester there if you wanted to take a really quick course for four weeks and i did that once uh and i survived and it was all right but (laughs) didn't do it again (laughs) yeah yeah. no i wanted my break i was like i'm going home uh because i you know i went to school about six hours away so i was like i'm going home i'm gonna do nothing and then i'll be ready to go back at it again (laughs) yep and so it was nice uh, but so they're there on Christmas Eve and they have like a class presentation and Professor Hinkle, the magician, comes in to to do some tricks for them, which <laughs> I love. I love his uh, tricks. Essentially, uh, his, his little buddy, Hocus Pocus, the rabbit, is kind of just a little mischievous guy. And he likes to mess around with Professor Hinkle, <laughs> <laughs> which is I, I really I really as a kid enjoyed Hocus Pocus. He was probably like my favorite part of the whole show, I think. Oh, yeah, he's is great. Yeah. I was going to say, he's the star of this thing. I he's love him. He's, for for someone who has no speaking lines, he yeah. knows how to uh, to take over this this uh, this show. He's he's very funny. But like it, I did always wonder, like, what happened to him afterwards? You know, did he? Yeah, did he go back? With did he Professor go back Hinkle? with Professor Hinkle? Yeah, did he? Is he know, living in the forest with all of his new friends? Make it in show Could business, they? or does he yeah. go to the North Pole with Frosty and kind of hang out there? We don't see him in Frosty's Winter Wonderland, which was the follow up to this. But we don't see anybody else in. No, this, we so. don't. And, and the reason for that was because that was uh, done. That sequel was done on ABC, whereas Frosty was on CBS. Ah, so again, there was a whole little rights thing yeah. there. And so they didn't want any of the original characters, which is nope. kind of a shame. Uh, because I, you know me, I'm a sucker for continuity. I, I like <laughs> yeah. I, I like it all to kind of make sense. And so, sure. uh, you know, I'm the guy that like tries to sit down and figure out where every single Rankin Bass thing fits in in the overall timeline and i still haven't well, marvel quite marvel has spoiled us with that <laughs> yes they have they really have <laughs> uh so i i always wondered about hocus pocus but in i think in my mind in my own head canon i think he's living peacefully at the north pole just kind of chilling with the elves maybe maybe he's putting on some shows for them on their downtime yeah i like that <laughs> we'll stick with that uh but so professor hinkle all his tricks are going wrong he throws away his hat because he's just so frustrated with Hocus Pocus and everything about it that he's just like, you just can't take it anymore. So the kids go outside and build their snowman, just like the song says. They And uh, they have to come up with the name and we get all sorts of suggestions, including my favorite, Oatmeal. Oh, oatmeal. <laughs> oh, and they get so annoyed with that. Like, Oatmeal. 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 Oatmeal's a great name for a snowman. All we all need to chill. It actually really is. <laughs> Better so than I, Christopher Columbus. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I I make the oatmeal reference all the time when somebody's like, you know, what should we name this dog? <laughs> yes. Or whatever. Like, awesome. like my fiance, we do this thing a lot where we see like a dog on TV or something, or we'll see a dog walking down the street and I'll go, what do you think his name is? And we do that all the time. And I all every 
five or six of them, I'll say oatmeal. And she'd be like, what are you talking about? I'd be like, oatmeal. I was hoping that she would follow up with oatmeal. Yeah. <laughs> See, now that's, that's cornflakes even. Yes. Like, corn that's flakes. the proper response. <laughs> yeah. But I say it all the time and she still has not caught on to what oh, this man. reference is, which is just terrible. But She'll I love saying it. She'll, She'll get, get there, there. And when she does, it'll be magical. That's when we that's when we know this whole getting married thing will will be that's right, yeah. yeah, you'll know she's the one if if you watch Frosty this year and then she and it, and it clicks she gets the, the next light. time, yeah. Point, like Leo DiCaprio. Yeah. Of course. That's right, yeah. Yes. That, that meme. <laughs> yep, for sure. But yeah, you're right. That's like a perfect snowman name and i've only built like maybe one snowman my whole life because you know it doesn't really snow ever in the valley uh and we've only built a snowman once but i mean it looked like oatmeal to me i i I get it i I see where it's coming from (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but uh they they you know put the scarf and all that stuff on him and uh the magic hat and he comes to life with his famous happy birthday and i do love um I do love some of his lines. He's he almost has like a like a little mini existential crisis, you know, like like how am I alive? How can I be saying these different things? I mean, it's it's just a little ridiculous, but I love it. It's <laughs> Hey, I said my first words. But but snowman can't talk. <laughs> All right. Come on now. What's the joke? Could could I really be alive? I mean, I can make words, I can move, I can juggle, I can sweep. Yeah, when he questions, when he questions. Like his own uh, existence. Yes, you know? like a snowman can't talk. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. I think a lot of that banter and a lot of his lines were kind of feeding Jackie Vernon, his voice actor, like especially the one which is like, what a neat thing to happen to a guy like me is something that you would expect Jackie Vernon to say if you ever watched his stand-up or, or seen any of his movies. Like, that's a very Jackie Vernon line. <laughs> well, that makes sense, then, because I've never yeah. I've never actually seen any of his uh, any of his other stuff, like his live stuff. I To me, he's always just frosty. Yeah. To, I mean, to most kids our age. Well, yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. And, uh, but it's just, it it's still crack. It's just, it's like just a little touch that Rankin Bass always kind of throws in, you know, a little thing here and there that just kind of throws, you know, it just kind of makes you turn your head and say, huh, okay. I like that. <laughs> I like that they gave the snowman feet. You don't see that a lot when you're building actual snowmen. Yeah. Usually you just kind of roll the, you know, roll yeah. up the, the big ball of snow and that's the base. Yeah, it feels like the work put into making legs and feet would be pretty difficult. I mean, you got to get a pretty good base there uh, situated behind the legs, behind the legs to sort of get that going. I mean, as a person who's made more snowmen than I could count, uh, I don't think I rub it in. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I have ever even thought of the idea of putting feet or legs onto my snowman, you know. Maybe that's why he comes to life. Because he's he's very anthropomorphic. That was my problem. I never gave him legs. (laughs) You never gave him legs. Yeah. (laughs) It may have happened. It may have happened. (laughs) Okay. Quick question. This has nothing to do with anything. But (laughs) if Frosty the Snowman were to get into a fight with Jack Frost, who would win? And not Jack Frost, Rankin Bass, the Jack Frost, Michael Keaton. (laughs) Oh, I would say Jack Frost only because. He in that movie was willing to like go all out. I mean, he was like melting out the road on the way. Uh, uh, gosh, I see my memory of that movie is not that great, but he just looks scarier. I than think this most one. people's isn't. <laughs> yeah, so he just he looks way scarier. It well, scary is not even the right word. More uh, freaky, I guess, for lack of a better word. He's got Michael Keaton face. <laughs> Yes, but Frosty has legs, so we'll just kick him. There you go. Oh, I like that. That's true. You can run away pretty quick. Yep. But uh, when I envision like a like a BB-8 type movement for <laughs> Frost, is that how it works? That, the, that, that bottom ball, just yeah. waddle. It's just yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like the BB-8 action. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Okay. So Frosty comes to life and immediately they start 
they want to go have fun. And of course, all throughout as, as they're going on parade, because that's what a snowman does when uh, he comes to life is, is have a, a parade. But throughout all this, you know, Professor Hinkle is uh, noticing that his hat actually does something and he wants his hat back as well. And so that's a little subplot that's going to return after we see Frosty's shenanigans in the parade. Uh, so we get the little bit with the cop, which was always my favorite when he swallows his whistle. <laughs> that silly snowman. Once they come to life, they don't know nothing. Come to life? It, it kind of terrified me a little bit of like blowing a whistle. <laughs> I, didn't want, <laughs> I didn't want to be startled and swallow it accidentally. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I didn't. So I guess I guess I'm OK. <laughs> I made it through. Yeah, that, that looked painful. <laughs> but i did think it was cool the way he would just kind of talk and the whistle noise would come out yeah yeah that was great <laughs> yeah so they you know they realize that it's getting hot the sun's getting warmer and so the the thermometer is getting redder which means uh you know frosty is going to be melting soon so they need to go find someplace up north where it's cold maybe the north pole maybe with santa and from there we get the whole train station bit I don't know. I, I just I didn't quite understand as much as a kid because trains weren't like a huge thing in the valley. You know, like buses mm. were like the thing if you needed to go somewhere. You know, you wouldn't take a train. You just you'd hop on a bus and go somewhere or you'd hop on a plane, you know. So uh, I was like, OK, so they need to buy tickets. And then I it was ridiculous amount is what, like three thousand dollars or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, OK, when you go back and you listen to this route that they take and you try and plot it out on a map. It's kind of ridiculous. He well, mentions- I've never I've never seen the Aurora Borealis on a map. Right. That's the last stop. Well, that's how you get to the North Pole. Or yeah. at least worth the Santa part of the North Pole. But before <laughs> yeah. that, it goes to Saskatchewan, to Hudson Bay, to Nome, Alaska, to the Klondike, and then the Aurora Borealis. Like you're going in a zigzag. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the only way to actually get to santa's workshop no that's it <laughs> it's got to make all of those stops in that order <laughs> i also loved that it's, the the train tickets were a stack like a huge stack like it was I, a huge I, I, stack, yeah. I understand you're making a uh, a handful of stops here but that's a i mean that's a big wad to just put in your pocket to uh, to start dispensing while you're getting on your different trains. He's like that's a lot to remember. There, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of little substations before you get to the <laughs> the main ones where you have to I, switch. Yeah, I always love to the the sounds we hear of him with and he's stamping stuff and you're hearing stuff getting knocked over and it's just like clink and clanking sounds in yeah. the station or in the slide whistle in there. <laughs> there, yes. <laughs> Which are you ever disappointed that when you're like getting handed tickets, the uh, you don't hear any of that stuff? No, okay. stupid <laughs> competent people that I deal with at the train station doing their job correctly, whereas this guy's all frazzled. Like, give me some oh, entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll take entertainment any day if I'm buying a ticket, <laughs> especially one that. Can- Three thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, and Give sound me my... like annoyed Paul Freeze while you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course they don't have the money, so they got to jump or hitch a ride, hobo style. Uh, ride uh, maybe that's not the <laughs> maybe that's not the correct word there. Uh, I don't know. Uh, they got to stow away. <laughs> I'll say stow away. That sounds better. They got to stow away uh, in a refrigeration car because. Why not? Got to keep cold. Got to keep cold. Yeah, exactly. Frosty's got to stay cold so he doesn't melt. But unfortunately, even though she's got her winter coat on and shorts, because I guess that's a thing you northerners do. I don't know. I don't. (laughs) We don't do that here in South Texas. No, (laughs) I'm, I'm not doing that. I know that for sure. No, it got down to 50 here in Orlando, and my kids were all bundled up. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> pretty much same here. <laughs> I was like, 47 degrees? No, no, put your big coat on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's just there freezing, which is not very good for her. 
And I love how we get Professor Hinkle sideshow Bob style, just trying to, <laughs> trying to trying to invade and get the hat. <laughs> I love these speed bumps. Oh, this coffee's too hot. Hey, kids. Want to drive through that cactus patch? Yeah! Yeah! No! Whoop! Two against one! <laughs> I never thought of that. That is such a great analogy for him in that moment. It's perfect. It's German for the Bart. The. <laughs> the. <laughs> oh, man. But it's so, yeah. So they end up uh, evading him again. And I love how he's just kind of stuck on the train. Like, oh, that's not fair. <laughs> His high-pitched voice. Oh, you tricked me. No fair. You tricked me. Did they really so, trick him? <laughs> he is under the impression that because the hat was his, that he still has rightful ownership. He threw it away. But he threw yes. it away. He threw it away. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I had to look up. At what point does something you throw away stop being yours? Um, and he threw it out the window of his school. If you take your garbage to the curb, that's public yep. property now. <laughs> Where what you find is what you keep on Finders Keepers. Like, if you have to, like, if it's on your property, then, yeah, you can't go trash picking it. But if you bring your trash to the curb and someone, like, decides to go through your trash can to see what's in there, no, man, that's that's fair game. Yeah, you're in, like, a public school yard in a snow field, and that, you threw that hat out there. That's not your hat anymore. Uh, and, you know... They say finders, finders keepers, keepers. <laughs> and somebody was weeping yeah. a lot in this in this special. It's definitely <laughs> Professor Hinkle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they evade him, and uh, of course they're getting closer to the North Pole. So they're still very very cold. I mean, I don't know how far away from the North Pole they are, but you know they're getting closer to the arctic in general so they're at least in canada that's right yeah and so karen is Hmm. just freezing at this point and so frosty gets a and hocus pocus who's kind of joined their side now he eventually he talks to some woodland creatures and convinces them to help build a fire (laughs) which i really wish i could hear that conversation (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that'd be yeah, cool we, like we like a little translate quotes and it's just like hocus pocus's little bunny yips or whatever they have this sound effect yeah. that they use for him and it and it works it does it does but i'm i, I always had me so curious to know what exactly what he told them about yeah. <laughs> these yeah. animals are decorating the forest for christmas by the way they have <laughs> ornaments they have lights they have tinsel so i'm going think, all out yeah they are and i i think maybe hocus pocus i i think you know i'm changing my tune i think hocus pocus stayed with them maybe they're his folks now could be yeah so that he he found his kindred spirits there <laughs> i love i love this they they build the fire to warm her up and uh professor hinkle again kind of gets the drop on him they decide to do the the what uh jimmy durante who's narrating this whole thing by the way i haven't mentioned that he, he calls uh frosty the best belly whopper in the wild <laughs> belly whopper i've ne- i've never heard that until no. the special i had never heard that i was like is that a nope. thing <laughs> so i don't know if that's an old time thing i could find nothing on belly whoppers so uh <laughs> no you you google belly whop snow and uh you end up at frosty <laughs> exactly yeah that's it. so i don't know but i i kind of hope that they created it just for this special Man, I hope so. Yeah. So they get away that way, and they just happen to run across a greenhouse growing poinsettias. So maybe they're closer to the North Pole than we think. Maybe you're right. That's why there's only four reindeer out. Maybe he's Perhaps. just kind of it's like them up. Yeah, it's like that uh, that highway that you're driving on, and there's nothing. But then, like, there's a farmhouse and yep. nothing else on the road. So there's the greenhouse there. Yeah, the one little gas station. It's just yes. right there. <laughs> 
just enough to make sure that you're full so you can make it to where you need to go. Yep. Yep. And so there's a greenhouse. And so Frosty takes Karen in to warm her up because by this time, you know, she's definitely freezing to death. <laughs> as morbid yep. as that is in the children's episode. Wow. But he makes a point to say, hey, you know, I got to get out of here soon, you know, or, or I'm going to melt. And of course, by that time, Professor Hinkle catches up with them and bam, slams the door shut. And he's so thrilled that he's going to get his hat back. Now I've got you. And the minute you're all melted, the hat will be mine. <laughs> I mean, I guess he's ever considered that perhaps it's magic not because of him. You know, if it didn't work for him before and all of a sudden it's magic, like I don't think he ever put two and two together. He's just... It's like, wow, it's magic now. It's mine. I, I need to have it back. He slams the door, but then he walks away. Just, just open the door. You're inside. <laughs> I can't yeah. lock you inside the greenhouse. Anymore. That's not how greenhouses work. <laughs> I don't I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. No, I got nothing. I got nothing. But yeah, you're right. They could just escape. And aren't there usually like two doors in a greenhouse? I don't know enough about greenhouses for that. I know that you can't yeah. lock them from There's the no point. from the outside, though. <laughs> like, the, absolutely no purpose no. unless you're trapping snow. Oh, no, <laughs> the plants might get out. <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind of greenhouse. <laughs> no, no. It, it's poinsettias, I swear. I swear, it's just poinsettias. Tropical poinsettias. Tropical poinsettias. <laughs> well, they all are. It's bush roots, uh... <laughs> Bush <Bushroom> greenhouse. <laughs> I guess I'm just a silly old mutant plant. <laughs> so beware. Uh, but but it's uh, luckily Santa's coming by and uh, he's able to rescue Frosty. And Karen's weeping. He opens the door. Karen's just weeping. He's like, Too late? Why, nonsense. Oh. Don't cry, Karen. Frosty's not gone for good. You see, he was made out of Christmas snow, and Christmas snow can never disappear completely. <laughs> oh, it sometimes goes away for almost a year at a time and takes the form of spring and summer rain. But you can bet your boots that when a good, jolly December wind kisses it... <laughs> It'll turn into Christmas snow all over again. That's when he kind of uses that cool Santa magic that we talked about earlier. Yeah. He, he, you know, it, it's pretty neat. And then, of course, Professor Hinkle shows up and tries to just take everything back. And uh, Santa is awesome. And he, like Matt, <laughs> like you were saying, he's like, hey, don't... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare take that hat. It doesn't belong to you anymore, guy. You know, famous words of Santa, doesn't belong to you anymore, guy. And uh, <laughs> I, that's one of those things that everybody has on shirts with Chris, with Santa on it. It's that sentence. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Visit yeah. Jerry Zazzle. <laughs> that's Yeah. <laughs> I need to sell that shirt now. It doesn't belong to you anymore, guy. Uh, and uh but so that's when he gets that you got to write the hundred zillion times and that you know yeah, kind of playful santa voice the ridiculously impossible task and um professor hinkle's like not even like a magic cards i mean <laughs> no more anything <laughs> maybe just maybe i'll put something in your stocking tomorrow <laughs> and so professor hinkle runs off and Everything's resolved. Frosty's going to go to the North Pole and stay there with Santa, which we see later on. He is, uh, you know, in, in the, the follow-ups, he is at the North Pole. So I did like that bit yeah. of continuity. Um, but Karen is, as you alluded to earlier, just dropped off on her roof. <laughs> yeah, Santa <laughs> brings Karen home, leaves her on the roof. This looks like the building has at least three floors. <laughs> it's a big building. Know. Yep. And, you know, uh, I think she was just trained in acrobatics. Uh, either that or maybe, yeah, could be. <laughs> maybe Santa gave her like some crazy ninja powers. And I mean, at this, at this point, work her way at in. this point, your dad's got a ladder, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I, I like how, by the way, I like how when she's leaving, she's like, oh, you know, I'll just take a quick trip to the North Pole. As long as I'm back, you know, before dinner, mom will mind. I, yeah. Yeah. Mom will mind. <laughs> no big deal. That's a, I mean, that's cute childlike in, ignorance, which fine. Yeah, yeah. Which, I, at, you know, when I was younger, it's like, yeah, no big deal. We'd go play with our friends. We'd stay out till it sure. got dark. You just had to be home by the time the porch light came on, you know. But now, nowadays, as a parent, it's like, no, 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 no. I need to know where my child is at all times. Like, oh, yeah. You're not allowed around the corner, buddy. <laughs> no, no. I got to see where you are. Never mind that I was. <laughs> yeah, forget forget that we played in, like, canals yeah, and stuff sure. like that. Oh, yeah. I'm going to cross this woods into the next neighborhood, <laughs> into the next zip code. You're not allowed around the corner. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, maybe at this point she's like, hey, I'm back, everybody. Just kind of yell out and her dad will go up and get her, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's 1969. They were like, you were gone. <laughs> Who are you again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, you're our seventh child, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And so we get uh, we get frosty and santa flying off presumably to go pick up the other reindeer so they can actually make their way to deliver all the toys on christmas yeah yeah i hope so and uh santa earned his rupees and his xp and from there he uh he went on to deliver his his main quest and he comes back for a parade and comes back for a parade yep and we get jimmy durante singing his song frosty the snowman the snowman <laughs> <laughs> that might be my favorite version of Frosty. Frosty the snowman was a jolly, happy soul. With a corncup pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coal. It's just one of those growing up hearing it all the time. Um, every other versions are great, but it's just, it's not the same. I, like, I need to hear the schnoz yeah. singing. <laughs> even it, the, yeah, even the slow, sad Frosty's melted into a puddle version of just Frosty. Yeah. The snow and it like you can hear Jimmy Durante pretending to like try and fight back tears. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, two eyes. I gotta say, I did prefer Jimmy Durante to Andy Griffith. Nothing against Andy Griffith. I thought he did a great job narrating that particular story. But of the two, I think it's just oh, yeah. uh, Jimmy Durante is just so much better. Mm, sure. And they drew Andy Griffith so weird. He looked like some kind of goblin. <laughs> he, <does>. he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, been out in the sun too long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you never know what's going to happen with Barney Fife around. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> And all the kids hearing this are like, what are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But this was still in that era um, before Rankin Bass like started making it big and, and casting just like big name stars. So it was really just like one star uh, for yeah. their for their cast, you know, and he was usually the narrator or, or you know, that the main character. Uh, and then eventually the, the following year when we get the Santa Claus is coming to town. Then we have like three stars as well. So, of course, Mickey Rooney and, you know, some of the others there. But it's just like that's when they got used to actually producing with these bigger names. I mean, they've done the Daydreamer and all of those, uh, you know, working with Hollywood actors. And so uh, while they were still faithful, especially, you know, to Paul Freeze, you know, his good luck charm. But yeah. uh, while they were still faithful to a lot of their cast, I mean, they they kind of started going outside of their usual suspects as well uh in fact june foray was supposed to be uh she originally voiced karen and then was replaced yeah yeah i don't recall the name of the person in fact i think it's just a rumor that's i don't think it's ever been confirmed that the actual uh voice is the you know who, who it was um oh really yeah. yeah because i remember like when i did this for my show there wasn't a name for it and then when i looked Recently, they they had a name for Karen's actor. Let me see if I can look it up. Yeah, and I had it here. Uh, I, Suzanne some, Davidson. That's the one, yeah. And I don't know if it's ever actually been confirmed. I think it's uh, that's just who they've attached the name to. They, they've assumed that's who it was. Which, sure. I mean, if it was me, I'd be like, hey, over here, I did it. <laughs> I was Karen. <laughs> like, this is the only Karen that you want to yeah. be. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that's just uh, one of those things that's like, I would be shouting it 
everywhere I go, you know, like, hey, nice to meet you. Did you know I did the voice of Karen in, in uh, Frosty the Snowman? Huh? Yeah, you would think you'd want to really <laughs> lean into like you look at, uh, oh, the woman who played Zuzu on It's a Wonderful Life. Like we know Todd had her on uh, right. Christmas yeah! Platter. Yeah. And that was like cool. she goes around and does these meet and greets. She, you know, you yeah, can go watch sure. the film with her and then she answers questions afterwards. She's done cookbooks. Like whoever this Suzanne Davidson is, if this is her who actually did that voice, like lean into this. Like you could, <laughs> they people would book you all over the place just for that experience. And I think like, I, I would assume all three of us have given the chance to go watch the film and like do a Q and a with the person who did that voice. Like we would jump at that chance because yeah. it'd be so interesting, especially for how young presumably they would have been when this came out. Like, right. It would have been really cool. Like, I, it, it is kind of weird that we don't have some sort of definitive answer as to who this person is. Like, it's just so strange that it's like, well, it might be this person, but she won't fess up to it. Yeah. Like, it's it's all very weird. If it is this Suzanne Davidson, she was also the girl in the 1970s remake of Miracle on 34th Street. So you got a, a double Christmas whammy there that you could yeah. just milk for all it's worth. Yeah. Where are you, Suzanne Davidson? <laughs> I don't know, but I think that's a call. Get on the convention circle. For real. I think we need to have a big, uh, you know, just Christmas podcast <laughs> convention just for her. You know, we'll do, we'll do our own little thing. That should be our, off, that should be our offshoot uh, podcast, like Finding Suzanne Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> and we go through all these channels <laughs> trying to find her. And it's it's almost like one of those, uh, you know, murder mystery type uh podcast <laughs> but it's us searching <laughs> only murders in the building yeah. <laughs> we're searching for the clues to try and find her i like your style sir. if only we all had the time <laughs> yeah that's the downside especially uh you know now that we're right in the thick of the season mm -hmm. there's just no way i could do it so i'll leave it up to you guys um the story again written by romeo muller he did most of the rankin bass stuff um and then he of course he went off to to do other things that wasn't Rankin Bass as well. I think he did some Care Bears episodes. I know he did uh, Rainbow Bright uh, or Strawberry Shortcake. I mean, uh, he yeah. did some Strawberry Shortcake episodes and things of that nature. So a lot of other specials. Apparently, he's just the nicest guy ever. He's like 6'2", I think 300 pounds. He looked intimidating. Um, um, but he was just, he was like a, the biggest teddy bear you'd ever meet. So to Romeo Muller, you know, may he rest in peace. But thank you for all the cool memories. And, you know, I, it does make me wonder, though, guys, like, what would you say is your hap, hap, happiest memory or moment of Frosty? Probably when my parents gave me those uh, those DVDs that they burned of the old special. Like, this was something that we watched every year, and I didn't have a copy of it when I moved, and mom to the rescue, you know? Nice. But I, I do have lots of memories growing up in a much colder, wintry climate where I would we would build our own snowmen. I would not give mine legs because I am not that good at uh, <laughs> 3D construction. <laughs> but it was always frosty. It was always yeah. frosty the snowman. I didn't I wasn't clever in naming my snowman either apparently. <laughs> you know, it could have been oatmeal. But oatmeal. <laughs> what about you, Matt? Mine, you know, like I talked about at the beginning that this is just, this is my special. This is my Christmas. This is what I associate it with. And I think for me, my hap hap happiest moment with this was it, it has always been my comfort. It was on a VHS recorded off the TV that had Rudolph It had this and it had Muppets family Christmas. And yes, ooh, that's a, I mean, that's, that's an amazing, that's about as good as it gets with those three. That's a good TV. Yeah. And <laughs> good lineup. And that right was there. whenever I was sick from school, it didn't matter what time of year it was. I, after watching the prices, right. I'm going to throw on that VHS and watch those. And frosty was just, it was always my favorite. It's again, it's something I seek out every year. I have to watch it at least once completely in a full sit down, you know, start to finish. Uh, it's yeah. just it it this one just kind of it just means Christmas to me and it's it's just that weirdly important one to me that it's just if I don't see it it's not Christmas. Nice, I think for me uh, I, I still have just the most vivid memory of uh, my my parents would just throw out like a blanket on our tile floor 
And then we would all just kind of sit around the blanket and, and, you know, drink hot chocolate and eat M&M cookies while we would, you know, do a lot of different things. And one of them, I remember it was David and I, I don't think Danny was born yet. And I just remember lying there in our Christmas pajamas watching Frosty. Uh, of course it was on CBS and, and, but I think the most special memory was when I got to show my kids. Yeah. I think that's probably the one that, uh, that I just remember most is watching Frosty for the first time with uh, my daughter. I think she was two when we first saw it with her and it was just like, just, you know, seeing her face. And of course she was two. So she's had a two-year-old attention span, but she sat through quite a bit of it and was just, you know, just, with her mouth open, just watching. <laughs> yeah, mesmerized. <laughs> exactly. Just it's completely memorized, mesmerized, uh, memorized too, but uh, mesmerized. <laughs> and so I, it was just fun. You know, I remember she was sitting right next to me and kind of, I was kind of cradling her a little bit. And I mean, it was just, it was one of those like special moments. And so that's like forever burned in my brain. That's a good memory. It is a good memory. It is a good memory. But now we come to my favorite part of the episode, which is a little segment I like to call Gag Me With The Spoon. So this is where we do our best impression of our least favorite part of the uh, of the show. And I almost suggested doing something. I decided uh, against it last minute. I, I was going to have us all do a Professor Hinkle line. But instead, I'll, uh, I'll just let you all go first and uh, just go ahead and hit us with uh, your best impressions here. <laughs> well, I picked a Professor Hinkle line. I picked his first line because his little magic act for the school kids is terrible. <laughs> so it goes, uh, and so I put the eggs into my hat. Abracadabra, to coin a phrase. And voila, the eggs have turned into messy, messy, messy. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. that was good that was really good oh that was really good what about you matt oh so i have two and i'm going back and forth on which we already sort of talked uh the the belly wappa so i'm gonna skip over that one i'm i'm gonna go also with a professor hinkle although i think that my jimmy durancy voice is better but this Quote from Professor Hinkle, it's when he catches up to Karen and Frosty, they're in the woods, he stumbles across Karen sitting by the campfire, and he says, oh, a campfire, isn't that all snug and comfy? <laughs> and blows it out, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I also picked Professor Hinkle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, it all works out. And I, I I had two because I was afraid someone was going to pick my first. And Mike, you actually picked the one I was going to do with the messy, messy, <laughs> messy. So uh, instead, <laughs> it's this is when uh, they're telling him about uh, Frosty coming to life. And he says, <clears throat> he says, you silly children believe everything you see when you're grown up you'll realize that snowman can't come to life. Silly, silly, <laughs> silly. That was terrible. I'm sorry. You guys are so much better. The, the man loves to repeat his words. Like He does. Because like, later on, he says, busy, busy, busy. busy. busy, busy. Yes. Busy, busy, busy. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. That's a, uh, I like Professor Hinkle as, as, uh, as weird and, and, odd as they they make him out to be he just he's definitely entertaining he, he is does. a great great villain <laughs> because he's just so inept it's so incompetent <laughs> oh man but you know i i do have to ask gi joe taught us that knowing is half the battle what do you think the other half i would is? say if knowing is half the battle the other half is booking your train ticket to the north pole in advance so you avoid the massive surcharge just ahead of Christmas. <laughs> nice. Uh, the other half is getting down from the roof. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely that's definitely a big battle right there. Yup. <laughs> so I kind of went uh, Matt's route. I was thinking, so if knowing's half the battle, the other half is saving train ticket money by stowing away on a refrigeration car. <laughs> There it is. Uh, guys, it's been so much fun talking with you, but, you know, tell me about your awesome show. Well, you can find the TGI podcast where we discuss a lot of the classic 
TGIF shows and adjacent uh, shows. So we don't <laughs> we don't just stick to one uh, grouping there. Jerry knows because we covered a. I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if it's 80s ish, but here, you know, for us, it's uh, it's 80s, 90s. We've had some 2000s. Jerry was on to cover an episode of Cheers. That was a Thanksgiving episode, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. We do a lot of the classic. T- it was a lot, a lot of the classic TGIF shows. Uh, Boy Meets World, Full House. Uh, we do home improvement which wasn't tgif but should have been uh but we do halloween specials thanksgiving christmas is obviously our big one go through try to determine whether or not uh an episode is a classic and it gets a a billing of either a you got it dude or a no way jose uh so you can find (laughs) us we're everywhere on uh where all podcasts are available you can find us on facebook and on instagram by uh searching tgi podcast nice Mike, a new season of the Advent Calendar House running December 2nd through Christmas Eve. It's at adventcalendar.house and you can find me on Twitter at Fall West Mike. I like it. Nice and easy. <laughs> guys, thanks again. This was uh this was a ton of fun. I love the special and I love talking to you guys about it. Thank yeah, you so thank much. You. Always a pleasure. <laughs> and on that note, I'm going to end it by saying Frosty's not gone for good. You see he was made out of Christmas snow. And Christmas snow can never disappear completely. So check us out on our social media pages, Facebook and Instagram at Totally Rad Christmas and Twitter at Rad Christmas. And if you're feeling like Karen when Frosty returns to life, leave us a review on iTunes. Not only does it help us reach more people, but you also get a free sticker. Now, don't forget to check out our merch shop on tpublic.com and our brand new website, totallyradchristmas.com, courtesy of Tis the Podcast Elf, Tom Crow. Later, dudes. Friday, it's two holiday treats. First, Bugs and all his pals offer loony Christmas tales. Then, Frosty the Snowman brings joy to all the children he meets. Two classics, Friday. This is CBS. Do you long for those casual Friday nights spent in on the couch, cuddled up with a blanket, maybe some delivery pizza without a care in the world? Then I have the podcast for you. Hey, I am Matt, and I am the host of TGI Podcast. As a product of the 1990s, I want to go back and take a look at all of the classic TGIF shows, as well as many other classic sitcoms from that era, to determine if they truly are a holiday classic. We've got you covered with Halloween and Thanksgiving in the fall before we go full steam ahead with Christmas in December. Come give us a listen if you want to take a trip down 90s Nostalgia Lane. Are you tired of not being able to fit your 8-hour VHS tape full of holiday specials into your car stereo? So was I, till I discovered the Advent Calendar House. It's a podcast, you know, on the internet. They talk about all your favorite holiday specials. I'm the most important part, because I'm the Christmas toy. From the must-watch Christmas classics... Uh, humbug. ...to the lost treasures at the bottom of the bargain bin. I'm Olive! I'm the other reindeer! Now I don't have to hook up a VCR to my car battery anymore. Thanks, Advent Calendar House! Visit adventcalendar.house now to download your first episode free! And all the other ones free. It's a free podcast. Just go listen. Gadgets, toys, greed, Everest. I love it.